We got to switch the culture from the inside out. The love of God, what you get right now. My bro Enoch, he about to switch the culture all across the globe. So hold tight if you lost control. Brothers and sisters, we gon' switch the culture. Let we mix with vultures. Point you to the cross, let conviction sculpture. Uh, switch the culture, his will be done. The most high, let your kingdom come. Christ Jesus. All right, everybody, what's good? It's Enoch Vasquez. Welcome back to Switch the Culture. Today, I got my brother all the way from Australia, Prophet. What's going on, brother? What up, what up? Thank you so much for having me, bro. Yeah, it's so good to have you on the show, man. Like, I've known this brother for quite some time. Um, what, like going on four years now? Five, four years? 2004? Yeah, for sure. I think I, I would have... Yeah. Yeah, I would have met you the year before, but I didn't make it to the Malaysia Jam that year. Mm-hmm. But I heard a lot about you. I felt like I knew you before we met, just from hearing <laughs> the stories of you and David, man. Yeah, I came to Australia first time was in 2014, I think. Yeah, November. Oh and so to Sydney, Australia. I remember coming to yeah, see the boy. Opera House and... That bridge, I always forget. What's the bridge name? The one that's the like famous bridge that's right there. It's right next to the the Harbour yeah, Bridge. Harbour Bridge. The Sydney Harbour Bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, y- y'all took me out on a boat, ferry ride, all that. They they gave me the whole indoctrination of Australianism. You know, we had the the Golden <laughs> Gay Time Bar, right? Everybody was trying to really get me with that because they're like, "Hey, yo, have you had a gay time yet?" And I'm just like, "Man, I I'm not sure." We're on the same page. You're like, what is, <laughs> yeah, what is this like, nonsense? I mean, yeah, I don't know. The funny thing is, like, th- they're a really good ice it cream. so good. But I think the Uprock world, we've, like, we've built that up to be, like, the ice right. cream just because it's funny giving them to an international guest. You have to share a gay time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I was like, okay, yeah, cool. But it was good, man. Yeah. Where have I come to, man? <laughs> you guys, whoever listening in, y'all need to Google that. Well, maybe not Google that, <laughs> but you could go there. Yeah, don't Google Gator. <laughs> but it's an ice cream. Let me just brand. Google Australian ice cream. Ice yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go down the rabbit hole on yeah, that one, get Justin. Lost in. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm so privileged to just have oh, you on the show, man, and um, you know, uh just have you share your heart and i'll say for everyone listening in man the prophet is someone who i really look up to i see him as just having a great father's heart um he's a father for real for real but a spiritual father even uh to to a lot of young hip-hop heads a lot of young rappers and musicians and just Mm. different young uh, brothers in christ and uh, i got to kind of see that because you know when i went to uh, the hip-hop event called uprock the first year I just kind of would watch, you know, kind of people watch. I was new there, you know, I was a newbie all the way from New York. I didn't know anybody like that yet. But I do remember seeing every year that I would go to this event, I'd see Prophet and he'd have his little gang of homies with him. You know, he always would bring <laughs> the youth with him, and that was so cool. And I just thought, man, that's somebody I want to get to know because you can see that he has that fathering, you know, spirit on him. And, uh, yeah, that was really dope, man, just meeting you at Uprock and just some of the different events and stuff like that. No, thank you, man. I appreciate it, bro. Yeah. I guess we could jump in. I'd love to ask, like, 
like where did it all start with you with Christ? Like what's your testimony or you can kind of share that from whatever way you want. Yeah, okay. All right. I think um yeah, it, it's funny cuz I was just uh chatting to Youngdo uh in City Lights the other day in Canada and uh similar thing. I I couldn't pinpoint exact moments as far as, you know, in, in testimonies for a lot of people, it's like, okay, and that was the moment that, you know, everything turned God kind of thing. Like I, I can look at particular moments in my journey where God became real to me and particular moments where there was those kind of fork in the road decisions of, okay, that's where I need to really lean in more towards God. So um, I guess for me, like I, I grew up in a, a church setting so like, you know, it was, it was quite important to, you know, be going to church. Like my, my granddad was an elder, uh, at a church, you know, my mom grew up in a, in a house where they moved around a lot for, for work and, and having her father was like a big, you know, part of the, the local church and stuff. So I grew up there, but, um, yeah, it wasn't till quite later that, that it actually became something that was real to me. It was more you know, like a lot of people, it was, it was a very, that's part of my family culture. That's part of our habits, part of our traditions. Um, and so probably in, in my teenage, uh, early teen years, I'd started doing that whole kind of, you know, double life thing. You know what I mean? Like dipping and dabbling. Know, be good, be, <laughs> yeah. Be, be a good boy on Sundays <laughs> and then, uh, go do your thing the, the rest of the week. And so for, for me, um, at different points during uh, my teenage years, just kind of a bit of dabbling kind of turned into a bit of habit and a bit of habit turned into too much of a lifestyle, you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, a bit of addiction and then later on uh, mental health, uh, both both of those things played a pretty significant role uh, in my world, unfortunately, at different points. But at, I can pinpoint a moment where, it all became very real to me. And that was, and it's funny when you said that whole kind of uh, adopting that, that kind of presence of, of fatherhood or, or mentorship, you know, uh, that came as a byproduct of the person who stepped into my world. Um, so at, at some point in my, in my teenage years, uh, there was a, a couple of guys that came out from America and they came to live here for, for a couple of years doing like a kind of mission trip, like a mission ministry youth focus thing. And they were part of a, a house church and they, they were just keeping it real. But one of those guys knew my brother, one of my brothers really well. And I'd come back home when they were hanging out at my house. And I remember being a teenager, I came back home thinking no one would be there. And I was like, I was so blazed. Like I was, I came back just out of it, bro. And like, so I tried to just play it off all cool and that, and then like go to bed, but really just go up and stare at my wall <laughs> for a while until they left. Yeah. <laughs> um, What's the best thing to do right now? Stare at the wall. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to stare at the wall until they leave and then I can go back out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I remember this dude though, he was there and there was just something about, when I met him that night and I'd just come back from, you know, making some poor choices with some people I probably shouldn't have been hanging out with or whatever. And, and I, I could see it in his eyes that he 
he saw something in me that others probably didn't. And when he'd come back out again to, to do some mission stuff, it's almost like he, even though my brother at that point was living in America studying, this dude went out of his way to check in on me and spend some time with me. And basically like, he was just like, Hey man, I know you're, you know, making some choices and some changes in your world. He's like, but if you, if you're trying to keep out of trouble, you can come hang out with me, um, any day. And I literally, I followed that dude for like, like four or five months, almost every day I was hitting him up. Cause I was like, man, this guy is like seen something in me, went out of his way to connect to me, actually made me feel like I, I had the potential to do something positive rather than just go with the flow of everyone in my suburb or area or whatever. I started spending time with him to keep out of trouble and keep distracted. So I wasn't just going to go, you know, blaze or whatever. And just following this dude and watching him, you know, do, he's been catching up with people, checking in on people, ministering to people, dipping in the world with people. Like everything I grew up around became real because I saw it in action. Like I saw this dude living out everything that I'd heard and seen, wow. but not, not in a real way. Like if that makes sense, like it just, there was no one that translated that for me in a way that where it just Wait, looked yeah, real. He like he was living, yeah, living and breathing this stuff, not just Sunday morning it, you know, and that like impacted me, bro, like, um, big time. And so I felt like for a long time, most people I'd interact with, especially in the church world, um, who were that kind of older, young adult or youth age people seeing me as this little, you know, teenager that was kind of living that double life around the muck would just quite easily write me off as, man, you're just going to end up like everyone else who hangs out there or you're just going to end up like this person or that family member or whatever, you know. But this guy saw beyond that behavior and he actually saw my heart and I feel like he, I don't know. It's like he saw me through the lens of almost like God's eyes, you know, he, he saw who I was meant to be or who I was created to be. And that just absolutely blew my mind. And so, um, like that rocked my world. It changed my life. Like I had a lot of, um, you know, some pretty horrible experiences and a couple of traumatic experiences when I was, you know, doing that stuff as a teenager. But, um, I don't know. He just completely rocked my world and not out of anything that he was doing for himself. It was, it was just him living out that faith authentically and, and being there for me when I needed a, a mentor, I needed a big brother, you know? So from that day, uh, when things fully shifted, I, I kind of made it a mission to go, man, I want to be that person to somebody else or to everybody else you know what I mean so I I you know after I feel like I'd come out of the other side of that season I hopped on a plane moved over to New Zealand um got a bit of a fresh start I knew nobody there um you know gotten the word over there studied did the bible college thing you know um met my wife by chance um like she was the first person to talk to me when I, I popped into a church over there but then I accidentally hopped in the wrong car that was there to pick up the neighbors next to me. And I hopped in and ended up going to this like traditional moldy housewarming 
where there was like a full-on elder in their community doing a blessing over the house, like proper Maori style. And I'm just some like random white dude that turned yeah. up that <laughs> yeah, didn't like, know anyone. Oh, it was yeah. like, oh, bro. oh, I hopped yeah, in the I'm wrong car, the wrong man. Um, right <laughs> he, he, I was like, what happened here? And then I seen this girl that came and talked to me the Sunday before mm. and um, we hung out, like proper hung out. And from that day forward, we were like best friends. Yeah, That's you know, awesome. Fast forward now, we got three kids together. We made Yeah. So I, I don't know if there's any wisdom in that, but hey, if a strange van pulls up, <laughs> just hop get in, in you it. might meet your <laughs> Mate, you spend your whole life being told not to hop into strangers' yeah. vans, but I did it one time and end up meeting my future wife. Look so that. <laughs> that's bad advice. It is bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so now we <laughs> So like we when we moved back here, um I I dove straight into, you know, doing doing youth ministry related stuff. Uh, getting involved with local community organizations. Um, how did you? So how'd you uh, go about that? Like, how did that you? I, did you just? Did you t- like people recommend you different community stuff, or like how did you go about partnering with the community uh, to serve serve the youth? Bro, it for me, I'm conti- like, you know, when you're in the moment and you're doing stuff, it's just kind of chaos, and you don't realize until you reflect back on it. Like reflecting back on that season, so many of the things that happened organically and naturally that just felt right was was uncanny. And so I'm like trying to always be in a mentality that if it feels forced, it might not be be right. So so I came back and uh, was just doing just general like running the youth group and stuff with with, with wifey and that and um. I don't know something hit me when I talk a lot about using, using your gifts and your passions to serve, but then realized that I wasn't really doing that. Like for me, like doing hip hop stuff was on the side. It was like, it was my thing. You know what I mean? And then I was like, wait a minute, I can't be standing up talking about using your gifts to serve the kingdom and then try and treat me doing hip hop stuff as a, as a retreat to recharge the batteries so I can come back and do real ministry. You know what I mean? I'm like, nah, I've got to kind of stop compartmentalizing everything in my life and just live and breathe, you know, my values and my faith in everything I do like that fellow that came into my life. So I started running these open mic nights and it was like, um, I don't know. It was like the youth group version of like eight mile mixed with, mixed with high school music i don't know it's just it had a bit of everything so like i started doing these open mic nights and it was like you know guys bring your friends along um we're gonna host an open did you host that at a church or like where did you host that at yeah so we we had like a a ministry center that was like in this old church building and it was right near the uni and so i'd go down and hand out flyers come check this out and, and we'd host these uh, monthly open mic nights and it was an all genre. So like some hip hop heads would come. Po- yeah, uh, poetry you know, at all, any so- of that kind of stuff? Poetry, yeah. uh, everything. We had people rock up and do like just random stuff and solo acoustic artists. And like it just became this little like a creative hub for 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 youth and young adults. But like mainly it was just, it was an opportunity for our our youth group to to have a space where they could bring their friends to that was just positive and creative and safe 
basically. And anyway, so it's, yeah, so I was doing that. And then, um, uh, like was always like, I made it a, a deal, you know, I made it a habit to go, man, even if I'm doing this like traditional sense of, of ministry stuff, I'm not going to be caught up in that bubble in that church bubble. Like I want to be a big part of my community. And so, uh, once a week, every Tuesday afternoon, I'd volunteer at a somewhere, either at a youth center or down at a place that puts, you know, food packs together for people having a hard time. Or maybe I'd take the youth somewhere and we'd help paint a wall, you know, do something, you know, anyway. And so I was just doing that stuff. And then uh, one of the young dudes in the in the youth group, he was a bit of a hip hop head, and he was like, "Man, we should we should do a big one to to kind of wrap up, you know, like half halfway through the year and at the end of the year these open mic nights. We should do a big one, so like a big one just to to celebrate." So I looked at some places that were hiring, uh, sorry, that had like a venue for hire, and there was this space in town that had a like a pretty big kind of venue and I was like man we could do something there and I I went and talked to them and explained you know what I was doing and they were like man you there's some other people doing an event around that time and it sounds really in line with what you're doing um and you should link up with them and so I followed suit and went and chatted to some people and from that literally was how I met a bunch of guys from the crosswords world and a bunch of guys who were a part of the Mad Charity as well locally. And that was in that was in 2009. And the moment I met people from both of those worlds, I was all in, wow. man. Like a hundred. I was yeah, like, you found it. Yeah, this you found is, your people. This is everything that I've been trying to do. And, and You're not alone. I felt like a bit of a lone <laughs> ranger. You're I'm like, not what alone. the heck? There's others like me. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, how have we not met? Like, and the funny thing is, like, we would have been at the same gigs and just not met. We would have like, I've got a photo, one of my earliest Facebook photos, um, and it's me and Izzy performing at this event, and I can see the back of the head of these two people, and they're like super close friends to me and my wife now. They were standing next to Hannah and hadn't met, but we're at the same hip hop event and didn't realize that, man, these guys are like mass hip hop heads, Christians into ministry. Like how did we not cross paths? So anyway, that happened fairly organically. And I, I just went all in. I was like, man, I'm going to like everything I do in the community, in hip hop, in whatever, I'm just going to, that's just going to be my focus and that's going to be a space for me to be that person that I had to, to others. And so, you know, for 10 years was like all in helping out in the crosswords world was all in with, um, uh, in the, the community world, running the workshops and, um, doing a lot of the mentoring stuff in that sense as well. And anyway, fast forward to now in a, a very different season of life and now kind of exploring some ways to, to do some of that stuff, but at a different capacity of, you know, okay, different season of life, different season of experience. How can I create some stuff that empowers and equips other people to, to create spaces where they can, you know, do what they love through hip hop, but also be a conversation starter for, for faith and life and values and, and have that kind of genuine space as well. So, Anyway, that's a long story short, but like I said, man, I, I'm, you know, I don't 
have particular moments where I'm like, you know, that was my road my to Damascus moment, moment. Yeah. <laughs> like thing. It was like, I had very big moments where I, I made decisions to, to follow God and to, to do that stuff or to, um, to move with it. But a lot of those were organic and, and I'm not perfect by any stretch, man. Like I said, like two things that, that have played a significant role were, were addiction and mental health. And for anyone who's, who's experienced any of that stuff or both of those things, cause often they go hand in hand, like, you know, that weaves in and out of your life unexpectedly sometimes and, and riding the ups and downs of, of two, those two things, you know, can be pretty interesting, but this is where I'm at now and where I'm ready to, you know, move forward and see what's up. Yeah. I got something that the Lord, I just feel like God's on right now. And as you're talking, it's. It's really hitting me hard, man. Here we go. You ready? I feel like the pursuit of God is like mm. whether you are the testimony that said you grew up in the church your whole life and then you kind of walked away and you came back or whatever, or you finally finally surrendered versus the person who like never knew God most of their life growing up and then they have this huge conversion story or like basically a big contrast in their life, a change, changing mm. moment. Both of those are still the same thing, that God pursues you no matter what. He pursued you, I, honestly, how even more that he was patient to pursue you through your yeah, time right. growing up as a Christian or in a Christian background to then leave that, he's still there, and then you come back and then he says, okay, now I'm going to use you. And the same thing for watching yeah, right. someone be without him all that time until he finally sends someone their way and then they get to know them and that you know what i mean so it's i just i never thought about it like that because i i'm i'm kind of a hybrid of like i did grow up in the church but then i had a yeah. real like i went my my stepfather yeah. who raised me like brought me to church told me to get baptized and like taught me about jesus and then i left i left that and then moved in with my actual dad who like sold drugs before and so like it's a very different world <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean and so like <laughs> um, but the the point is like that pursuit is real no matter what because I think sometimes people could devalue that or like not feel after I'm hype and I share my testimony I'm like all right so what's yours and people kind of give me that look like oh man mine is mine is not as cool or it's not that much crazy change I, I grew up in the church the whole time but that's that's still just as powerful like you grew up in the church your whole time that's because true. God was pursuing you but you still have yeah, that brother. moment where you're like, now I surrender, mm. right? And that it could be a light, a bright light from heaven. That could be, that could be as simple as you just you woke up and when you prayed today, you really meant it. You know, this time you really knew that God was listening. And so, True yeah, that. it's just crazy, dude. I just thought about that. Like He pursues you no matter what. It doesn't. No, nobody's testimony is greater. Uh, than the others or like whatever and because it's just this beautiful story that he creates over time you get to look back at that you know when we get to be with god eternally you you see that whole process of like man like i think one thing i imagine is when we do die or we go be with the father eternally i feel like we'll just be spending time at looking back at how he showed us he was always there like Right, because this, the whole gospel story is we've been separated from God, but the power in knowing that we can be restored and returned to Him, 
Like that's the conversion. Really, that's what it is. You accept Jesus. We know that. But you just kind of realize it, right? To me, it's just your faith and your choice to believe, hey, you're not actually separated that's from awesome. God anymore because yeah. you believe in Jesus now. And so, I don't know. Yeah, it's just real, dude. Like it's it's crazy to just think about. Yeah, because this whole podcast series is always about hearing everyone's different stories of how they've encountered God or... Um, you know, awesome, had it, man. but um, yeah, your story, dude, of, of that guy that God, I believe, totally divinely sent sent to you. I mean, you know that you he had kind of fathered you, modeled a good witness to you, and then you end up kind of he makes an imprint on you that would last forever because then now you have been able to be that kind of person to other people as well, you know, and. It's just incredible. That's that's one thing that that I I love to reflect on, and for anyone too, that's like, you know, ah, oh, you know, it's not really my kind of natural ability or gift to, you know, really disciple someone or whatever. And it's like, man, if you impact one person, you don't know what what ripple effects exactly. Happens, you know what I mean? Like, he's he, a part of that when he was out too, here. Yeah. That guy that did that, like, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's not like he, he impacted heaps of people while he was here. Um, and, and same with the guys that he came out with, like they were just these genuine dudes. But, um, f like, even if I was the only person that he's impacted, everyone, everyone that I've impacted is, it's almost like that ripple effect, you know, and then so on as well after someone that I might've played a role in everyone after you crazy. everyone after them that's the whole idea yeah. of multiplication and it's one of the fancy words church planning people yeah. always love like that's their faith if multiplication right, if, if we was on sesame street right now for anybody that's a missionary multiplication is the word of the day like that's the only thing they care about multiplication multiplication we want to see generations Bro, when you said when you said sesame street all i could picture was the count but he's like baptizing people. One, ha, ha, ha. Two, ha, ha. Somebody should make that video. That would oh, be virus. Yeah, but I, th I think it's true, man. And I love it. It's, uh, a local dude says this all the time. Um, uh, Pastor Craig Corkill, he's, he's in this area. But he's, um, I'm sure he quotes someone else and then they quote someone else on this one. But he's like super passionate about encouraging people to say, no, you need, everybody needs a Paul and a Timothy in their life. And if you can identify someone who's like a Paul to you, that's feeding into you and then find that one person in your life, that's a bit of a Timothy that you can, you know, be a mentor and rub off on a little bit as well. It's a good, it's a good space to be in to, to focus in on two key relationships where, where you're playing that different dynamic and keeping a healthy balance, you know, it gives you that balance. Yeah. It's totally needed. Like it's, mm. it's so needed. Um, you got to have a balance like that because it it reflects on leaders, right? Like you can have some leaders who lack that. I think we can say lack accountability a lot when it comes to maybe leaders falling to sin issues, but even beyond those things, um, lacking that balance of having someone that truly fathered you and loved you, like because there's a healing process that happens to stuff like that where that dude you know, spending that time with you was actually, I believe, was healing you of things from your past, not just teaching you, but like literally preparing you and giving you something that you needed that no one else could. 
And so what I mean by that is like, you know, let's say another leader, let, let's say you didn't meet that guy and you still follow Christ, you did all that. There could have been, there's could have been places in your leadership where you started leading these young dudes and because you lack something, maybe God himself could have fathered you for it or maybe he could have, maybe he would have sent someone else along your way, right? But here's the deal, I think, um, when we do lack that, we have some choices to make and sometimes our pride or because the lack of not having that uh, leadership in our own life, it, it, it reflects how we lead people and ultimately also, you know, can be failings to us or fault. Like we will fail, obviously, plenty of times as leaders too, but um, yeah, so I'm not, I, I'm trying to just make my words make sense. I'm not trying to say like people who just fail like because of sin, but or fall because of sin, but fail like in maybe I shouldn't have said that to that kid, you know, and like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we've had those, like from me, I'll give an example. Like I, um, I had my, my patience tested with somebody that I was discipling. And I mean, they weren't, they were actually older than me, which is weird. Like God gave <laughs> me someone to father that was older than me. So I, I was Timothy discipling Paul somehow. I know how that happened, but, but yeah. you know, the deal was like he, I learned that the Lord would take me away in my own, when I would spend time with him and he'd say, hey, Ben, you can't talk to him like that no more. You can't say that certain thing anymore. And then, I'd be, and then God would show me and realize, he was like, because that's something that your, your dad said to you. That's the way he fathered you, and that's actually wrong. And, and he would show me, like, if you, and that guy actually, like, I, it's, it's, it's so deep. I, I hope I'm making sense. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, just like, man. yeah, it's like you could lack something without those, that balance, without those spiritual fathers or mothers that God sends in your life. And I thank God that God sent me a lot of different spiritual fathers and stuff into my life. But there was, even with, even having those, there was moments where I would, I would learn that God was restoring something in me as a son that allowed me to actually father people better. Um, because I, I would realize, oh man, actually I'm, I'm saying that because I'm trying to say it out of a defense, you know, versus just trying to uplift and empower somebody. Sometimes it was ministry. I'll be real with someone. I'll be like, hey, you said you was going to preach the gospel this week and you did it, man. <laughs> you know, I was very, <laughs> that's, I don't know if everyone would love my discipleship lessons, but we were very real with each other. We were like, hey buddy, you said you were going to do it and you didn't. <laughs> and you know, but it could, again, God always checked my motive in my heart. It's like, how do I respond to that? Like, am I going to be disciplined dad? And be like, you know, or am I going to come at him in a loving way and be like, hey, you know what? This week I'll go out with you. Let's go share the gospel together. Yeah, you know? man. And it's just those kind of moments would constantly, yeah, help, it helps us grow so much more. But we totally need that, man. Like my whole mission, bro, is so focused on this principle of fa fathership, like restoring the balance of like, yeah, just young, healthy spiritual leaders having the balance that they need. Like I'm basing, if I could say that, I'd probably say the next focus of my life, like biggest focus of ministry for me, continuing onward, is to really pursue this 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 area, especially mm. for people in hip hop, and young yeah, people bro. and leadership influencers, uh, people like that, because they really they really need to know that there's fathers in place who love them, and unfortunately, a lot of people who come from the urban culture or hip hop culture, lack serious mm. fathership like they don't <laughs> yeah. have some of them just don't have any <laughs> you know 
And that will affect their ministry. That will affect them trying to be, you know, zealous, zealous for the Lord and, and, but not know how to live that life on life discipleship, you know? And that, I mean, that accountability too, man, this, like, if that's done in a genuine way, there is so much value in having somebody in your life that's that big brother figure or that father figure that actually cares about you enough that they're going to hold you accountable to, to stuff. And, you know, in, in a healthy way, they're going to hold you accountable to things that you said you were going to do, like goals you've set in your life or, um, or even hold you accountable to the person you're acting in certain spaces to be like, Hey bro, that's, that's not you, man. You got to cut you that. You were prideful either, today. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you were bro, very chill, prideful man. today. Like, you, you don't need to be like that, bro. You, you're, you know, your music or whatever speaks for itself or your character speaks for itself, bro. You don't need to be, you know, falling into that, that habit, bro. Let's, let's be real. Like, and, and I think there's so much value in having that person in your life that genuinely, authentically, like cares for you enough and loves you enough that they're going to hold you accountable in, in different ways. And, um, and that's super. And I mean, it's, it's natural in the hip hop world anyway, because we've got a, a culture that's, that's based off, you know, sharing skills, uh, you know, helping lead people along the way. That's how we pass the, the culture on with hip hop. And I think it's just as important to not just do that within the element, but to do that within your character and within your person as well. You know, that's, um, that's ridiculously important. So I think we've, it's funny that in a, in a culture, like what you said, that somehow attracts a lot of people that are feeling fatherless or have been somewhat kind of scarred from their relationship with a father or absence of a father, that same culture that draws them in is the same culture that naturally encourages mentoring and passing on of culture in a healthy way. Um, you know, obviously, you know, no culture's perfect and there's a lot of, you know, different things culture in the hip hop culture. Yeah, but, but hip hop culture was really foundation built for empowerment. Yeah, yeah unity, yeah, empowerment. That's it. So foundationally, it's like that's a part of the the skeleton of, of what this this structure is, is it's built off that stuff. And so I think it's um it's super cool to remind people that it's not just your element or your skills, but you know, there's there's a opportunity or even a responsibility especially for the old school heads to be imparting knowledge that's goes beyond the element, but also in character. Before we close up, man, I want to ask you the question uh, that I always ask, which is like, what, I think we talked about good stuff today. What, what's one thing that you could leave people with that would be like encouraging and imparting to them? Like, yeah, man, I guess like for me, like I said, like, it's been reflecting on my journey. There's, there's things that weave in and out sometimes and sometimes unexpectedly, like I said, mental health and, and different forms of addiction for me, for others, it's, it's other things. Um, but, but kind of wrapping up everything we've said today, if you have somebody in your life that you leave when you spend time with them feeling filled or encouraged or recharged, that's probably someone naturally that you could, kind of gravitate towards as someone that could play a role in your life as a bit of a mentor or someone that could hold you accountable if you're willing to to kind of set the culture of that relationship like that and in the same way too there are probably people that you don't even realize 
completely look up to you and admire you and are like begging for someone in their life that's that's willing to to give them the time of day to invest into them and so i guess for anybody listening don't have to you know go all out and go and fix a million people in your community i think if you start small and say i'm going to pick one person that i feel recharges me and one person that i feel could really do with some of that encouragement i think that's an amazing place to start with this switching the culture mentality and adopting that posture of healthy big brothers and and father figures in the lives of people in our context for sure that's so good dude praise god man um yeah y'all heard it you heard it from prophet uh, what's your um what how can people check you out on media stuff like your your MC right so you you produce yeah. as well right or uh sometimes I dabble okay. I uh, but but mainly just focus on the MC that's it so the two places I mean on we finally got with the times and put our back catalog up because you, you change you switched <laughs> over from cassette tapes we switched yeah. man we, we're not we're not the dudes with with a backpack full of uh, cds i've now got boxes of cds in my studio that are probably they actually i'm resting my feet on them now because it's oh, so. <laughs> they put rest. <laughs> right. that's it man. build but, a sculpture um, around them melt them down i could build a throne like but instead of out of swords it's the it's just like old albums um <laughs> but yeah on, on most things now so so the prophet is p-r-o-f-i-t the prophet and i'm i'm also part of um izzy and the prophet as well which is uh the two of us izzy's a beast uh enoch knows the bro izzy and um and plenty of stuff. So yeah, on on all uh, digital streaming platforms at the moment. So link in bio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll put we'll put all this stuff in the description, man. Awesome, dude. Well, I was encouraged today, man. That was cool getting to hear a bit more of your story and just even the theme that was drawn out of it because it's my favorite. It's my favorite thing to talk about, honestly. And so yeah, dude. Like, I hope everybody listening will just be blessed and encouraged by this. And I think he left you not just an empowering, um, you know, words of wisdom, but he also left a challenge. And I would say that too, just find people in your life that you can look up to that will mentor you, that could be a spiritual father, mother to you, you know, and also look at yourself that way, that God totally wants to use you to become that person to somebody else. You're not just on stage you know, for yourself, but God has given you a voice and a platform, whatever element of hip hop you do, if you don't even do hip hop, whatever it is, you are a son and daughter in God first, and he will use you if you're willing. And you can also be a father and mother. And so, yeah, we just bless y'all and yeah, keep a lookout for much more to come. I'm excited about this season too. Um, there's on. so much cool content coming out and y'all stay tuned for more. I'm out. Peace. God bless.
No, you weren't a part of that. Leave me strapped to the back of a moving van. Talk is cheap, homie, so keep it moving, man. Yeah, I ain't listening, bro. I feel I'm losing time. I can skydive with no shoot over the hoop of damn. Hey, and believe that a storm is coming. Yeah, like that shorty that's next door and fronting. Like I'm not good enough, gotta flex more or something. I waste the time, dog, in their Rolex store for yeah. nothing. I feel a freedom from the burdens I bear. There's no point trying to sway me now. I bring the message from the birds on the air. And now nothing's gonna weigh me down, down, down. Nothing's gonna weigh me down. Nothing's gonna weigh me down. I've got that fire in my eyes and my mind in the sky. Now nothing's gonna weigh me down, down, down. Eyes heavy, vision blurry, legs tired, it's been a journey The burden's heavy from all that I've seen and the dirt's on me All I've ever wanted is to be free Captive in my own mind, struggling to breathe Trying to get ahead, still playing five dragons Lucky 88, my money, a little lagging I chase the cards and get there, man, I ain't bragging Shortcuts what I look for, quick to want to bag them I looked everywhere for freedom, got a wandering mind Known stupidity, peeped a scar on the side of my eye Fueled by anger inside, foolishness and pride I looked everywhere for freedom and a friend to confide I got lost in a joyride, took the wrong turn Lit a fire, stood by and watched every bridge burn See, all I've ever known is let down Struggling and trouble Now I'm here with the broken pieces Trying to fix the puzzle I feel the freedom from the burdens I bear There's no point trying to sway me now I bring the lessons from the birds of the air And now nothing's gonna weigh me down Down, down Nothing's gonna weigh me down Nothing's gonna weigh me down I've got that fire in my eyes And my mind in the sky Now nothing's gonna weigh me down my burden's getting lighter, I still feel it in my vertebrae Energy levels of cursed fate, trying to serve the weight I died to self so many times, trying to find the light Record level higher, my own personal murder rate How long do I feel low? I cannot estimate The biggest test today is not thinking about yesterday I hope that I get blessed today with some honest mates I look forward to the times when we can congregate And conversate on new life to ponder fate We've been chained up for too long, but beyond the gate Life's green pastures, and we can no longer wait to pass, man And take life by the horns like a brass band Shaking like some jazz hands from the past, man But it's over now, I'm hoping we can grow and carve plants I'm feeling like that tempest will pass So we can go and dance out in the rain Till this empty glass is filled I feel the freedom from the burdens I bear There's no point trying to sway me now I bring the lessons from the birds of the air And now nothing's gonna weigh me down, down, down Nothing's gonna weigh me down Nothing's gonna weigh me down